It's uh, Tuesday, right? Last day of January. Maybe it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. <laughs> it's Wednesday, January 31st, 2024. My name is Jaron Jackson. I do love America. For me, it's always about the gospel of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection. This is the live stream. This is the recording that you want to watch. If you are a Christian, if you love Jesus, if you hate abortion, and you want the government to actually obey the law, this is the live stream. Lord willing, we will walk through what the law looks like, but with the specific focus of these people right here. These people right here. Six, this is from the Tennessean yesterday. Six anti-abortion protesters convicted outside or convicted of federal felonies in Mount Juliet Clinic blockade. Lord willing, we will destroy this by showing what the law of the land is right now. And so if you have connections to these people, and this is where I want the body of Christ to work. This is where I will, um, Lord willing, make provision for what the law is. And if these people who have already been convicted, so the, the court has already said they're guilty. The jury has already said they're guilty. The U.S. attorneys have already said they're guilty. The federal government has already said they're guilty. And their sentencing is going to be in sometime in July, I believe. So the jury has already said this. The verdict is out. And by God's grace, my prayer is that the people who love Jesus will put me in touch with these people, will work on these people's hearts to get them to stand and assert their rights. And I believe that this is a way that God gets the glory because look at this. The feds have already said they're guilty. They attacked these people. The jury has already said that they're guilty. They've, they're using these laws. They're already going against them. And that by God's grace, my prayer is that he is exalted, he is glorified, and people understand the law so that they realize that from biblical principles, from the wisdom of Christ, we can come back and smash not only the satanic, demonic murdering of babies in the womb, but you can also defend yourself from the government that we created. And by God's grace, that is what I intend to do. And so if you know these people, or you are these people, Know that my name is Jaron Jackson. I am a Bible-believing Christian. I was baptized in Christ's name on September 7, 1997. I've been walking with the Lord for over 20 years. I want people to know the gospel of Jesus Christ so that they are saved. And I understand that the government is strictly bound to the text of the Constitution. And by God's grace, this stream is all for him. There are ways that people can support me, but I don't want to um, mess that up by, by you know, putting my self-interest above that. I want uh, God to be glorified. I want the law to be declared. I want these people to be free. And so if you despise abortion like God does, if you want righteousness like God does, if you believe that God is able to move things and, and stir hearts and proclaim the truth, despite what the situation looks like, this is the live stream for you. Let's go first to Proverbs chapter 31. Proverbs chapter 31, verse 3. This is where I'm going to start. 
Give not thy strength unto women, nor thy ways to that which destroyeth kings. Now, in Proverbs 31, King Lemuel's mother, Proverbs 31 is wisdom from a mother. It's wisdom from a king's mother. So this is a woman telling her king son, don't give your strength to women. And don't do things that destroys kings. I believe that this is a a very um, apt verse because it is the women's sexual movement. It's the rejection of God. It's the destruction of culture that has promulgated and popularized industrialized baby butchering in the womb. And we're going to get into the law, but I first want to say that Proverbs 31, verse 3, Give not thy strength unto women, nor thy ways, what you do, to that which destroyeth kings. Kings are leaders of nations. Nations have people. If you're destroying your people by killing them in the womb, you are destroying kings because you're weakening your nation. Ooh, I'm fired up for this one. Because, I, I mean, I, I hate abortion. And when I see... When I see uh, brothers and sisters in the Lord, the Bible tells Christians to prefer one another. So by God's grace, I am uh, going to bring the wisdom of the Lord. I'm going to show what the law is, and we will smash this stuff once and for all. Let's start with this. This is the uh, Tennessean article, Six Anti-Abortion Protesters Convicted of Federal Felonies in Mount Juliet Clinic. Mount Juliet is in Tennessee. Let me see if I can blow this up a little bit bigger. There we go. Jihad is how I say it. We want to jihad that. All right, this says, this is from yesterday, January 30, 2024. Nearly three years after a group of anti-abortion protesters from across the country blockade the entrance to a Mount Juliet reproductive health clinic, six of the defendants have been convicted of federal felonies that could translate to two to years in prison time. Now, by God's grace, and my computer's messing up, by God's grace, what I want to do is I want to show an affidavit. I want to walk us through an affidavit so that we will understand how to claim our rights, how to identify the singular issue in the law. My teacher in the law is a man named Dave Jose. He's on X at Real Dave Cares for You, the letter U, the number four. Uh, he's taught me this. He's got webinars that lay out court of record, that lay out public private. He's got webinars that teach all of this. I encourage you to follow him, take his webinars, and that way, by God's grace, you will learn uh, what I learned. But today, I'm going to be integrating a lot of these ideas as we specify what the law is. So this affidavit, Lord willing, that we're going to show, that we're going to walk through, it will be if you are one of these defendants, if you are one of these Christians, if you are someone who was a, quote, anti-abortion protester, and the law has come after you, this affidavit is for you. If I were in your position, this is exactly what I would write. And I'm going to leave off the last bit, which says, you know, what you want, because I want Christians to know the law, but I also want to make sure that um, the people getting it are actually coming uh, to to understand the instructions in the law. And the last caveat that I'll say, your attorneys will not argue this. No attorney in the nation was taught the fundamental law. They are taught a system. The system that they are arguing is why you have been destroyed. The laws that they're arguing is why you're being destroyed. So I'm not going to include in the the affidavit the remedy portion because I'm not going to say what the law is so that other people can chop it up and God doesn't get his glory. God is going to get the glory on this. He is jealous for that. 
And so if the internet wants to put me in touch with these people, if these people's hearts are uh, ready to receive the, the truth, if they're willing to stand, um, uh, you know, if they're willing to stand on their rights to tell people that murder is unlawful and they've already been convicted, then at this point, it's what, you know, not what do you have to lose, but how much will you stand and follow the Lord? That's what I would do. So, so that's all the context, but let's keep going. The jury and my, why did this mess up? Is this, okay, that works. But for some reason, okay, some reason this is slow. The jury delivered the guilty verdict. So again, this is how good God is. The jury has already said they're guilty. The jury has already said they're guilty. Late Tuesday afternoon in a trial that lasted one week and featured video evidence of the group's March 2021 blockade of the Carafem Health Center clinic and testimony from police, a patient, and an employee at the clinic that day. So there's first-hand testimony. So first-hand testimony is saying stuff. It took the jury nearly all day to reach that decision as deliberation started 9 a.m. Tuesday, right? And then it talks about the people that were convicted. Chester Gallagher, Paul Vaughn, uh, Heather Idoni, I, 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 I don't know how to say that, I'm sorry. Uh, Calvin Zastro, so these dudes are from Michigan. Uh, Coleman Boyd of Mississippi, Dennis Green of Cumberland, Virginia. They each, they each face up to 10 and a half years in prison and fines of $260,000 at their sentencing. So a lot of money and a lot of time behind jail just for saying what, uh, saying that a murder is unlawful. So this is where I want to transition to what I would do if I were them. This is just a simple affidavit. Affidavit of challenge of jurisdiction, right to a court of record, and duty to dismiss for violating constitutional due process of law. Notice the agent is notice the principal. Notice the principal is notice the agent. And by the way, uh, we are f we are meeting for the common good. If you are watching this, you agree that you are assembling with me for the common good, where we can just discuss our rights, which is exactly what we're doing. If I don't hear anybody disagree with me, then everyone who watches this or who has this chopped up and agreed, they all agree that we're assembling for the common good. Do I have any any of those in disagreement? Does anybody disagree? All right, no one disagreed with me, which means everybody who watches this has agreed that we are assembling uh, to exercise our rights for the common good, to consult for our own benefit, and to discuss our rights in the law as we are uh, able to do in this nation. And by the way, the, the very beginning of this video had a... Um, a statement about this is the use of my of my rights. So affiant, that is you. If you swear an affidavit, you are an affiant. First, last. My name's Jaron Jackson, but I'm not the one prosecuted for this. One of the people. That's who you are in the law. This is your status, as seen in the Tennessee Constitution, Article One, Section One. Now let's go to the Tennessee Constitution, and I'm saying this because uh, this happened in Mount Juliet, Tennessee. Your state constitutions are where your liberty resides. So if you think U.S. Constitution, you're not thinking state constitution. All of the U.S. Constitution embraces and accepts all of the terms and conditions in the state constitutions. So just because the federal government's coming after you doesn't mean you can't claim rights and powers and authorities from the state constitution, which is critical, which is why they also don't teach it. So go learn from Dave, Real Dave Cares for You on X. Let's go to the Tennessee Constitution, Article 1. This is Ballotpedia Declaration of Rights. Article 1, Section 1. Let me jihad this real fast. 
Article 1, Section 1, that all power is inherent in the people. All power is inherent in the people. And all free governments are founded on their authority. So all the authority in government is in the people. And instituted, so something is being created, so people can institute something, for their peace, safety, and happiness. For the advancement of those ends, they, who's the people, so they have at all times, including Sundays, right? And an unalienable and indefeasible right to alter, reform, or abolish. Now, unalienable is something that can't be separated from you. Indefeasible is something that can't be overcome. Right to alter or reform or abolish the government in such manner as they may think proper. So if you, by right, want to, whenever you want to, assert your power, because you have all the power as one who is uh, Republican in form, you can use your rights. And so that is what we're doing with this affidavit. Republican in form, that's the form of government we have. So you're, um, uh, you know, dealing with fairs and administration of the government publicly because we have a republic. So a republic, not a reprivate. Sui juris, this stands for by your own right. So you have no legal handicaps or deficiencies. And even if, even if people have said that you're guilty of a crime, you still have no legal handicaps if you're challenging jurisdiction. Jurisdiction may be challenged at any stage of any procedure or any proceeding for any reason by right. Jurisdictional right or jurisdictional challenges are never waived. They are never waived. So this means that if you go to jail and you have 10 and a half years in prison, you could be in jail for 10 years and still challenge jurisdiction from 10 years prior. Okay. You want to send this to the federal judge, whatever the name of the federal judge is. This affidavit in this court of record. I'm going to define that later. By necessity, go to the stream yesterday. Necessity is something that overrules the law because it has to be done. It's a controlling force. That you do provide immediate due care. This is because the judge is a trustee and owes you an obligation. The judge is your servant and your servant owes you a duty when you swear to your duty and use your power. Affiant claims, so now this is the stuff that you're held accountable for. This is the stuff that is uh, sworn under penalty of perjury. So everything that comes after claims is you saying this is true and I can go to jail if I'm wrong. Um, but it's also how you're using your rights. It's like that's how you use your rights. The right to challenge jurisdiction at any stage of any proceeding for any reason and that no proceeding nor sentencing may proceed until jurisdiction is declared by law. So you are challenging the jurisdiction of this federal court. That's what you're doing, right? If you choose to freely voluntarily do this. Affiant challenges jurisdiction of case and then say whatever the case is, whatever the case, how, whatever the nomenclature is that they told you, for infringing on constitutional due process of law, right? You're challenging the jurisdiction because uh, your rights are being violated. Your rights to constitu constitutional due process can't be violated so because you're claiming that they're violated, that means you're challenging the jurisdiction. The jurisdiction is the power of the, uh, the court, the tribunal that's over you. And you're saying you can't have this power over me and we're going to show why. Affiant notices that recent Bruin, uh, Affiant notices the recent Bruin decision. This is uh, the ruling from 2022 decision in which the Supreme Court declared the text, history, and tradition is how the law is declared. So we are just giving a hat tip 
to the federal judge, hey judge, look at this recent decision from Bruin in 2022 that says the text, history, and tradition of the Constitution is how the law is declared. Now, Tennessee Constitution, Article 1, Section 23. We're doing this because it happened in Tennessee. That the citizens have a right in a peaceable manner to assemble together for their common good, which is what we're doing. To instruct their representatives so you can instruct your representatives what the law is. And to apply to those invested with the powers of government for redress of grievances, which is what you're doing. This affidavit is your exercise of that right. So if people in government can receive your power to fix your problems, which they can because it's telling you right there that they can... When you give them your power and you do that by claiming a right under oath, then you are having them do their job. They owe you a duty. Or other purpose or other proper purposes, so they can't do wrong. This is why you can't tell people to go do something unlawful by address or remonstrance. And then we do a maxim, the law favors common right. Everybody can do this. Everyone can challenge jurisdiction at any time, for any reason, at any stage of any proceeding. You can do this by right. Now, this is where we're going to get into the, the facts of, of what's going on. So we're going to get real technical. We're going to get incredibly specific. Affiant claims that on date of the event, and I don't know what date this says. They say October. What'd they say? October? Where are we at? What'd they say? Oh, shoot. Come on. I don't know why this isn't scrolling up. Whatever the date is, I don't know what day it was. March of 2021? Okay, whatever whatever the day it was. I, I don't know what day it was, so I, I don't know. So when we go to, so on, on March of 2021, whatever day it is, be specific. Affiant, that's you, uh, while exercising your rights of conscience. So you are telling the court, you're telling, or I shouldn't say the court, you're telling the judge, judge, I was exercising my right to conscience. Okay, you are exercising your right to conscience. You are not protesting. You are not protesting. Hear me. You are not protesting. Do you understand? You're not protesting. While exercising right of conscience, which is individual, which is private, which can't be abrogated by rules or statutes or anything derogatory to the common law. Why exercising your right of conscience, that is critical while exercising your right of conscience, declared, so you are declaring, you on that day were exercising your natural inherent right of conscience, and what were you doing? You were declaring the law. We want to say you were declaring the law because that is a lawful activity. You are declaring the law. What were you declaring the law? Against murder. So you were saying that murder was wrong, which is lawful. So you were lawfully exercising your conscience, right to conscience, declaring what the law is. So you weren't telling people to go hurt people. You weren't telling people to uh, go steal something. You weren't trying to organize uh, you know, an army or something. You were declaring the law. Notice what we're doing. You are exercising your right. You are not protesting. You are not being in rebellion. You were affirming the law. That's what you were doing. Your attorney will balk at this and say, no, you were, you, were, you were protesting. You were exercising your lawful right to protest. No, you weren't. No, you weren't. You were declaring the truth. If you're a Christian, Jesus says in John 17, 17, sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is truth. 
In Acts chapter 5, 29, when Peter is talking to the Sanhedrin, he says, you can obey whoever, but we will obey God. You have a duty, if you are in Christ, you have a duty and an obligation to do what he tells you to do. So we're going to figure out what Jesus says here in a little bit. Um, so you are declaring the law against uh, against mortar, uh, mortar, against murder outside the name of whatever clinic it is. Whatever the name of the clinic is, I don't know. The U.S. Constitution and the federal government accepted all terms and conditions of the Tennessee Constitution. This is true. You know, when when it, it, that's just basics. So the when people say the supremacy clause, the federal government and excuse me, the U.S. Constitution is only the supreme law of the land on the foregoing powers it was granted. If the powers weren't granted in the Constitution, then the federal government is not supreme on those things. And this is critical because the federal government was given, the Congress was given the power to regulate commerce. The U.S. Constitution does not grant the right to murder, which is why it's critical that you are saying you're exercising your right to conscience and you're declaring the law against murder, which is something the government agrees with you on. The government has to agree with you on murder because there's no right to murder. There is a right to life. There is no right to murder. So when you say you're declaring the law on murder, you're changing the entire argument from commercial presumption and picketing and protesting to uh, government. You're sworn to the Constitution and I'm declaring what the law is that you've already agreed to. Make sense? Okay. The federal government presuming murder as a commercial activity. Now this is where it's critical. The federal government presumes Let's look up a presumption. I want to address that real fast. So I got my Black's Law Dictionary 4th edition right here. And by the way, while I'm finding this, no attorney has taught this in the law. No attorney has taught this. Law schools don't teach this, which is why you don't, uh, which, which is why you're not, that's, I mean, that's why you've been judged guilty, by the way. Um, so we go here to the handy dandy, we go presumption, right? An inference, affirmative or disaffirmative of the truth or falsehood of any proposition or fact drawn by a process probable reasoning in the absence of actual certainty of its truth or falsehood or until such certainty can be ascertained. So this is going to be an, a presumption, but look at this. Let's go to presumption of law. Presumption of law. So the government is presuming in its statutes that its statutes are lawful. Right, so a presumption of law was is what a rule of law that courts and judges shall draw a particular inference from a particular fact. So when you were picketing or quote protesting, the government's saying that you're picketing and protesting, right? The even even the stupid um, uh, what's it called? Even the uh, the uh, the media thing, right? Protesters, they're presuming you're protesting. So if you're anti-abortion, right? anti-abortion protesters that is a label you're not anti-abortion you are lawfully defending life that's what you're doing you are not anti-abortion you are lawfully defending life and you're not protesting you're declaring the law which is a lawful thing to do does that make sense okay so let's go back to this so it's a particular inference from a particular fact or from a particular evidence. Unless and until the truth of such inference is disproved. When you swear affidavit, you are disproving a presumption. The government is going to presume something. And if you don't attack that presumption, 
It stands. In the Bible, when the rich young ruler comes to Jesus and he says, Good rabbi, what must I do to uh, earn salvation? Jesus responds, Why do you call me good? There is none good but God. So the rich young ruler has his own moral standard and he's presuming that Jesus is good based on the rich young ruler's standard of what good is. So the rich young ruler's morality is the basis of good. So when the rich young ruler presumes that Jesus is good, he's not using God's standard of good. God's standard of good is Psalm 14. There is no one righteous, none at all. This was repeated in Romans chapter 3. So in God's eyes, no one is good because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So when the rich young ruler goes to Jesus and he calls him a good rabbi, he's presuming a standard of morality that Jesus then counters with the law, the Bible. Jesus tells him what the Bible says, which directly refutes what the guy's moral standard is. So when the government has prosecuted you underneath the FACE Act, you need to look at what the FACE Act presumes. And if the presumption of the FACE Act is wrong, you by right may swear to your rights to counter it. You are clarifying the presumption with evidence because evidence is only credited if someone is sworn. So when you swear to your right of conscience, you are telling the government you are not in commerce. Because you're not in commerce, the law that they convicted you by is not applicable because uh, your secured rights from God cannot be attacked by enactments of the legislature. I just get, I get, I, that's your freedom. That is your freedom right there. That little two minute bit, that is where you, you will be free, but I'm going to show it to you. I'm going to show it to you. And I would encourage you guys to follow my teacher, Dave Jose, real Dave cares for you on uh, Twitter and, and take his webinar so you can learn, but th let's go on. The federal government presuming murder as a commercial activity called abortion. So when you call baby, when you call murder abortion, you're actually speaking about a medical service. The government is going to look at abortion and think it's a medical service. The medical service is provided by an entity that was created and it's participating in commerce. So whenever you fight abortion, you're actually disrupting commerce. All of abortion that's always been legal, air quotes, in America has always been under commercial presumption. Go read Roe v. Wade. Roe v. Wade that consolidated three, three actions in commerce to attack a criminal statute in Texas that was vague and ambiguous and derogated commercial regulation. So they struck down the Texas criminal statute, which then created the right of abortion but the right of abortion is a medical service. It's not murder. You are claiming murder because murder is a crime. Murder is unlawful. Murder goes against the right to life. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, so, so the federal government presuming murder as a commercial activity called abortion 
unlawfully. So now the now you're saying the federal government is doing something unlawful. The federal government unlawfully regulates murder in public entities called abortion clinics. Everything in commerce was created by the government because government regulates commerce. So when it creates an entity, he controls that which he creates. If the government created an entity that's in commerce, it can destroy the entity if it violates uh, inherent rights. This is stuff, this, this is just the law, uh, which exceeds the grant of power in the constitutions. So you can't go beyond the power of the constitutions. Um, and again, this, this stuff right here, uh, my teacher, Dave Jose, he goes through all this stuff in much greater detail and he shows you all this stuff. Um, so, so follow him, uh, take his webinars, or I should say, join his associations and learn the fundamental law. The U S constitution does not confer a right to abortion. The constitution doesn't give anybody the right to an abortion period. And I'm going to show you that in writing. And that's delicious too, by the way. Affiant was arrested. So what we're doing here is we're, we're saying, we're, so we're saying that the federal government is unlawfully regulating murder's abortion. So what's happening is, a, is murder, but the government and everybody else is calling it a commercial enterprise. They're calling it medical services. So they regulate it as a medical service and a commercial activity. So when you protest uh, what they can do in commerce, you're actually acting unlawfully. But this is why you assert your rights to conscience and you say, I'm declaring what the law is, which murder is happening in there. Murder is happening in there and that can't happen in commerce. So now you're telling the government what their job is by saying the, the Constitution does not give anyone the right to an abortion. Which means if the government is regulating abortion in commercial activity, it is, then you saying no one has a right to abortion automatically reduces it from a right that you would get from God to something that now the legislature is regulating. And this is what the whole pro-life industry is built on. We need to pass these uh, statutes. We need to get a court case precedent. No, 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 you stupid moron. You just need to say that you shall not kill. That's murder is happening in there. That commercial entity is murdering babies. That's what's happening. And now you're swearing to it. You're swearing that that is what's happening, right? Affiant, you, was arrested and prosecuted by a statute made in pursuance of regulating commerce. I've discussed this. Called the FACE Act, right? Let's stop. Then we go. In which the original legislative intent is to protect and promote the public safety and health and activities affecting interstate commerce. The FACE Act, what these people were uh, prosecuted under. Let's read it. Let's go to the internet. Where were you at, internet? Statute. Look at this. Let's uh, jihad this. May 26, 1994. To amend Title 18 U.S. Code to assure freedom and access of reproductive services. Recognize it says services and not murder. Do you see that? Here we go. Purpose. Pursuant. What, what did we just say? What did we just say? We said the Constitution does not regulate to uh, uh, confer abortion. Affiant was arrested and prosecuted by a statute made in pursuance of regulating commerce. You were just convicted of a crime because they're considering you as affecting commerce. That is why you're going to go to jail. 
you are going to go to jail because they a jury said you were violating commerce. What we are doing is we're going to the fundamental law, which is the highest law in the land, and saying you were declaring the law by saying they're murdering babies. And by you swearing to that, you're directing the government's attention to what it is already in agreement and bound to do, which is to defend life. Government can't regulate commerce. Or government can't regulate murder because murder is unlawful. It can't do it. And your attorney doesn't argue this. The judge does not, does, does not have judicial notice of this. The jury was instructed not to think like this. People told the jury, you guys can't see this as a life. You have to see it as, well, I was uh, just protesting. No, you weren't protesting. You were telling people what the law is, which is lawful. You weren't, you weren't blocking commerce. You were trying to save the life that was being violated and murdered in that commercial enterprise. That's what you were doing. Freaking A. I get pissed because millions, folks, millions of babies have been killed like this. Millions of babies have been killed like this. I hate this. I hate this. Let's calm down. <laughs> Affiant was arrested and prosecuted by statute made in pursuance of regulating commerce called the FACE Act, in which the original legislative intent is to protect and promote the public safety. See, your rights, your right to conscience is not in the public. It is private. It is outside of the ability of the government to attack. So when you say, I'm exercising my right of conscience, you're automatically changing your status from subjected to the public police power, because you're not in commerce, to one of exercising right of conscience. That's what you're saying. The U.S. Uh, so it's where where to go. The Face Act, in which the original legislative intent promote the public safety and health and activities affecting interstate commerce. Let's see it in writing. See it in writing. Here we go. Pursuant to the affirmative power, see how, see how it has to be in pursuance. It has to follow. Right? Statutes must follow a general grant of power. If the Constitution says you can have the power to do an abortion, then statutes made in pursuance would regulate that. But you notice the Constitution does not confer the right to an abortion, which means that abortion is made in pursuance of what? Something. Where does it get this power? Where does the power come from? And it says, affirmative to the power in Congress to enact this legislation under Section 8 of Article 1. Okay, so let's go to Section 8 of Article 1. Let's see where these guys are claiming their power. Where are you guys claiming your power from? Section 8 of Article 1. Article 1's legislative branch. Section 8. What's Section 8? Section 8. Oh, that's all these things. The Section 8 includes uh, to borrow money, establish uniform rule of naturalization, coin money, punishment of counterfeiting securities in current corner of the United States, post office roads, progress science. Section 8 includes all sorts of stuff. So you understand that whenever they're saying this statute, Section 8 of Article 1 of the Constitution, that's very vague, folks. Isn't that vague? That's vague because they're doing commerce. They're doing Article 1, Section 8, Clause 3. How do I know this? Look at what they write. As well as under Section 5 of the 14th Amendment of the Constitution. So let's go to the 14th Amendment of the Constitution. So we go to the 14th Amendment. 14th Amendment. Section 5. What's it say? Section 5. The Congress shall have the power to enforce by appropriate legislation the provisions of this article. 
What does that mean? What does that mean? You see how they're vague? You see how it's vague and ambiguous? And by the way, you could attack that statute for being vague and ambiguous. Because what they're doing, what these people are doing, is they're codifying the regulation of baby butchering by calling it commerce. But because the government, because the Constitution doesn't give government that power, they're, they're, they're misdirecting things. They're saying, oh, it's under Section 8 of Article 1, which is like 18 powers. Well, which one is it? Are you declaring war? Are you raising armies? Are you regulating the Navy? Are you commissioning off? What, like, what are you doing? Oh, so it's commerce. But then they say Section 5 of the 14th Amendment, which is like Congress can make laws to do stuff. That's vague, folks. But listen to what they say. It is the purpose of this act to do what? What is the purpose of the FACE Act? To protect, promote the public safety and health and activities affecting interstate commerce. And how does it do that? By establishing federal criminal penalties and civil remedies for certain violent, threatening, obstructive, or destructive conduct that intend to injure, intimidate, or interfere with persons seeking to obtain or provide reproductive health services. If you, by this statute, start to obstruct commercial activity, they can attack you. So what we are doing with this affidavit is we are attacking the jurisdiction by claiming that we're exercising our rights and you're not participating in commerce. You realize that this is affecting interstate commerce? That's where they get their power. They're getting their power from Article 1, Section 8, Clause 3, regulate to regulate commerce with foreign nations. That's exactly where they get it. And among the several states, there's your interstate commerce. That's where they get it. That's where they're coming from. Which is why, when we go back to our affidavit, the original legislative intent is to protect uh, public safety, health, activities affecting interstate commerce. This means Affian's inherent right to conscience was subjected to a legislative enactment because it's a statute made by the legislature. Made in pursuance of regulating commerce. We just wrote, read that. And then attacked in an unlawfully constituted court without jurisdiction. If any court lacks jurisdiction, that court is unlawful. Jurisdiction is the power to act. So in order to gain jurisdiction over you, there must be an authority that says you are under it. You, and this is where you need to take Dave's webinars, but statutory provision cannot gain jurisdiction over inherent rights. Period. Can't do it. Take his webinars and you can learn from him. No court may lawfully adjudicate an issue without jurisdiction. You are being very deliberate. And by sending this to the judge, you're telling judge, not only you don't have jurisdiction, but your court was unlawful. And the judge will, will read that and say, okay, well, this well, first of all, this is going to be evidence. This is going to be under oath. And at the very end, and this is the part that if uh, the good Lord proceeds to put these people in contact with me, we will write very specific things that say if he doesn't respond by sworn affidavit showing where he's got the constitutional authority to do this, it means he agrees he's attacking you and warring against the Constitution, which is treason. So you saying no court may lawfully adjudicate an issue without jurisdiction, you're telling him exactly you don't have the power to do what you, you did. Then we say Henry C. Leventis. Henry C. Leventis, and this is where you guys need to check me. Henry C. Leventis is the United States Attorney for uh, Middle Tennessee. Right? This is the dude that was quoted in the uh, article that seems to be always going slow. The article said that, I mean, it quoted him, and it's not loading. There we go. There we go. 
These defendants knowingly chose to violate laws they disagreed with, said Henry C. Leventis, U.S. Attorney for the Middle District of Tennessee. The jury's verdict today is a victory for the rule of law in this country and a reminder that we cannot pick and choose which laws we follow. It is also a testament to the work, uh, outstanding work done in this case by the trial team and our law enforcement partners. This dude is violating your rights. This dude violated your rights, he violated fundamental law, and as a sworn actor and agent to the people, this dude is attacking the U.S. Constitution. This dude is in a hot mess. So Henry C. Leventis, that U.S. Uh, attorney, a sworn trustee to the Constitution and agent of the people, attacked affiants. Now this word right here is that of an enemy. If you are waging war against the Constitution or giving aid or comfort to the enemy, you are attacking. This language is deliberate. Attacked affiants' liberty by attempting to gain jurisdiction by statutory provision. We've seen that from above. Affiant's liberty may only be tried in a court of record. The law of the land excludes everything passed under the form of an enactment. Right? And so here's our evidence. See evidence below. The, bu the book of Exodus, chapter 20, verse 13. Thou shalt not kill. Let's see that. We go to our Bible. Where are you at, Bible? Bible, Exodus 20, 13, King James Version. Thou shalt not kill. There you go. So there's the evidence. First, first thing, you shall not kill, which is what you're doing. Remember? While exercising right of conscience, you declared the law against murder. What was the law? Thou shalt not do it. So you're declaring what the Bible says, which you have a duty to do, by the way. Tennessee Constitution, Article 1, Section 3, that all men, and I'll, I'll show this. So Tennessee Constitution, where are you at? Um, right here. Tennessee Constitution, Article 1, Section 3, that all men have a natural and indefeasible right to worship Almighty God according to the dictates of their own conscience. According to the dictates of their own conscience. So this means you can stand in front of a commercial entity and say that they shouldn't go in because they're committing murder. Now, if someone inside wants to swear that you violated their liberty, they're more than welcome to do so. But if you have the right to, according to the dictates of your own conscience, right, you're, you're not forcibly like putting your hands on them, you're not assaulting them, you're not doing those things, you're sitting in front of the door. If you're sitting in front of the door, you are there for your private use of your inherent right in the public that the government has sworn to defend. And the government even has statutory provision called public accommodation that it has to permit that. And if you're saying that this commercial enterprise is murdering people and you swear to it, it's now, now you're giving the judge judicial notice that that commercial entity was uh, murdering people. And the government is regulating that murder, murder which exceeds its grant of power. That's powerful. That no man can be of a right appelled to, uh, compelled to attend, erect, or support any place of worship or maintain any minister against his consent. That no human authority can in any case whatsoever control or interfere the rights of conscience. And that no preference shall ever be given by law to any religious establishment or mode of worship. All right. So that is what uh, this is right here. Article 1, Section 3. We just quoted it. And then I highlight that no human authority can, in any case, whatever, control or interfere with the right of conscience, which is why we're saying we're executing, exercising a right of conscience. By saying this right here, exercising right of conscience, you can then say this, no human authority can, in any case, whatever, control or interfere with the rights of conscience. Do you understand by presuming your right of conscience is subjected as a commercial activity? They are literally interfering with your right of conscience. And whenever the Tennessee Constitution says no human authority can, that means no human authority can, okay? 
Uh, Tennessee Constitution, Article 1, Section 8, talks about that no man can be shall be imprisoned, taken or imprisoned or deceased of his freehold, liberties or privileges, or outlawed or exiled in any manner, destroyed or deprived his life, liberty, property, but by the judgment of his peers or the law of the land. These right here have specific definitions. We'll get to that. Tennessee Constitution, Article 1, Section 36, nothing in this Constitution secures or protects a right to abortion or requires the funding of an abortion. Where did this event happen? This event happened where? In Mount Juliet. This happened in Mount Juliet, which is Tennessee. What has jurisdiction over the state of Tennessee? Tennessee Constitution. What's the Tennessee Constitution say? Article 1, Section 36. Boom. Nothing in this Constitution secures or protects a right to abortion or requires the funding of abortion. Right? They've, they've got, there is no right to abortion in the state of Tennessee. So because there's no right to abortion in the state of Tennessee, we're saying, hey, you can't uh, deprive me uh, except for by law of the land. We'll get to that. Nothing this Constitution secures or protects the abortion, which is Tennessee. And then we come to Dobbs versus Jackson. Dobbs vs. Jackson Women's Health Organization, 597 U.S. 215, uh, uh, determined and declared in 2022. This says, the issue, and so by this way, Dobbs-Jackson was the overturning of Roe v. Wade, right? So the overturning of Roe v. Wade is Dobbs-Jackson. Go read it, and we're about to look at it directly. Dobbs-Jackson, in fact, let's just go there right now. Dobbs-Jackson, where are you at? Is it this? Yep, here we go. So Dobbs Jackson, Dobbs State of Health Officer of the Mississippi Department of Health et al. versus Jackson Women's Health Organization et al. So it was argued December 2021 and it was decided uh, June 2024. So we're going to pull an excerpt of this, right? And I'll just say right here, it just says this. The Constitution does not confer a right to abortion. Hold on, let me, let me jihad that. The Constitution does not confer a right to abortion. Okay, but we're going to say something really special and I'm going to tell you why. We're going to quote, the issue before this court is what the Constitution says about abortion. Listen very closely to this. Listen very closely because when the Supreme Court is talking about the Constitution, in this case, is talking about the U.S. Constitution and who is attacking um, uh, your rights. If you're the defendant and you just got prosecuted, who is attacking your rights? Uh, what's his name? Henry, uh, what's your face? Henry Leventis. Henry Leventis is a United States attorney. And Henry Leventis in this article was quoted as saying what? Oh, come on, article. Why does it? I don't know why it's go slow. This, this guy was quoted as saying it's a good day for the rule of law. Now get this. If this dude, uh, see, um, uh, today's a victory of the rule of law. Henry Leventis said it's a victory of the rule of law. So he's a U.S. attorney and he's sworn to the U.S. Constitution. So what does the Supreme Court say? The Supreme Court said the Constitution that Henry Leventis is sworn to and he's supposed to, supposed to uphold, the Constitution does not confer a right to abortion. So when Henry Leventis, a U.S. attorney, says, or he's quoted as saying that this is a victory of the rule of law, what is he doing? He's not arguing the right of an abortion. He's not arguing the right of abortion. What is he arguing? He's arguing the, uh, the statute that talks about affecting interstate commerce. Henry Leventis, don't miss this, Henry Leventis, a trustee of the people sworn to the U.S. Constitution, is arguing a statute regulating, where are you at, regulating uh, affecting interstate commerce 
against these people whose right to conscience was telling them that abortion's murder. And Henry Leventis, an attorney, goes to law school, no statutes and codes and case law, which is a hoax. He's saying that this is a victory of the rule of law. But the Supreme Court says the Constitution does not confer a right to abortion. And if we go further in this court case, let's look at page 125. Page 125. And look at this. This is page 125 of the same ruling. Look at what this says. The issue before this court, Supreme Court, however, is not the policy or morality of abortion. Listen to this. This is why you're not arguing morality. You're arguing the law. Okay? You're arguing the law of abortion. This is why we say... You were declaring the law, declared the law against murder. You were saying what the law was. You were not saying what your opinion was, even though your opinion and your right to conscience was motivating you to do it. So the exercise of the right is why you are declaring the law. But what you were doing was declaring, excuse me, declaring the law against murder. Slow. Re, re, I won't. I won't explain it a million times. Just rewatch it over and over and over and over and over again, right? So this says the issue before this court is what the Constitution says about abortion. The Constitution does not take sides on the issue of abortion. Notice what this justice is doing, real fast. This justice is not saying the con. He's saying the Constitution doesn't take a side, which is very precise in the law because he's saying the text does not include the word abortion, which is true. But to the politically charged ears of the people and all these people that want to butcher their babies in the womb, they're going to see this as, well, he's just punting on the issue. He didn't say I couldn't kill my baby. He's just saying that the law doesn't take sides on it. So we don't like uh, these justices because they're Republican justices. Listen to what he says next. The text... The text of the Constitution does not refer to or encompass abortion. Is that not what we said up here about the Bruin decision in which the Supreme Court declared the text, history, and tradition is how the law is declared? So now this justice is saying that the text of the Constitution does not refer, which means that the word abortion is not in the Constitution, nor does it encompass abortion. So it doesn't include Abortion. Make sense? To be sure. Look at this. To be sure, which is certain, which is not vague, which is not, uh, it, it's, it's indefeasible, right? You can't overcome certainty and surety. To be sure, this court has held the Constitution protects unenumerated rights that are deeply rooted in this nation's history and tradition. This, what he's saying now, is if there is a right that's not expressly written, that that doesn't mean the Constitution doesn't protect it. So you could have a right that's not explicitly written in the Constitution, but that right has to be deeply rooted in America's tradition. Look at what he says. And implicit in the concept of ordered liberty. But, contrast, opposite, a right to abortion is not deeply rooted in American history and tradition as the court today thoroughly explains. This justice is telling you 
the, uh, the word abortion is not in the U.S. Constitution, which means the law does not include the, uh, the right of abortion, which means when this dude here is saying that it was a, a victory of the rule of law, that guy right there is not arguing the Constitution. He's arguing statutes that affect interstate commerce, which is not the law of, uh, which is not your rights. I itches. So the um, so what so what this guy right here is saying when he's attacking you by saying it's a rule of law is he's he's flexing on this right here or excuse me he's he is going against what uh, this justice says right here, and this justice is saying that Dobbs Jackson the court thoroughly explains unenumerated rights have to be historical they have to be traditional they got to be deeply rooted in america folks when america was founded people weren't lawfully allowed to butcher babies in the womb it was not a commercial enterprise it was not something that the government was regulating so this whole activity of abortion treating it as a medical service is contemporaneous it's modern it's new which means it's not old, it's not textual, it's not historical, it's not traditional. You are arguing the law. You are not arguing emotion or opinion. All right, let's get further. Now, I will say, well, we'll, we'll save that to the end. Maxim of law, things are forbidden by the nature of things that are confirmed, 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 by no law, right? So if nature forbids it, law cannot confirm it. So when God says, uh, where is it at? When God says, thou shalt not kill, and God made everything, including the laws of nature, natural law, the natural law cannot be confirmed by, uh, what goes against nature cannot be confirmed by the law. So if nature does not include murdering the baby in your belly, then no law can confer, give, no law can guard, protect, preserve uh, murdering the baby in your womb. Can't happen. Um, and, and by the way, uh, and Dave Jose teaches, my eye itches, um, that real Dave cares for you. Find, follow him on X and take his webinars uh, if you want to learn this stuff. But uh, the maxims are, are the chief argument in reason. Thomas Jefferson said he's never seen any maxim, any maxim disputed or ruled against in, in court, which means they're true. So when you make an argument and you attach a maxim, there is no argument against it. So this is why when you uh, appropriately apply a maxim to the issue that you're speaking, all judges, all courts, all attorneys will recognize that maxim. Now, attorneys today aren't taught this. They're not taught maxims. They dismiss them out of hand by saying that doesn't mean anything. It's just words. But words are what constitute sentences. Sentences are thoughts and our document, our governing document, is just words on a piece of paper. And as you're seeing, the highest court, the highest court is saying what? The text of the Constitution. He's talking about the text of the Constitution. So we're making very precise arguments. Now, here we go. This is the killer. <laughs> Tongue in cheek, actually. He who is in the womb is considered as born whenever his benefit is concerned. If there is life in the womb, if you're going to violate that life in the womb, the life in the womb is regarded as having been born for his benefit. So you can't say in the law, 
You can't say the baby in the mother's womb is just an object because the life says he is a person regarded outside of the womb when his benefit is regarded. So you can't have a commercial activity that murders the life. This is why they don't this is why they regulate abortion as a medical service because the government can't uh, authorize murder. It can't. And you'll recognize no one's ever called it murder in the law to a judge. They've never argued. What are they arguing? The FACE Act, it's giving you a freaking uh, head fake when it says what? Section 5 of the 14th Amendment. Section 8 of Article 1 of the Constitution. But it never speaks about the 5th Amendment, right to life. And it definitely never speaks about um, uh, your, your state constitutions. It never speaks about your, your state constitutions, ever, 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 ever. So no one ever makes this argument, and this is why people are going to go to jail, because they don't, they don't argue the law. Um, Mac, next maxim, one who exercises jurisdiction out of his territory is not obeyed with impunity. This is to the judge. It's all, I mean, it could also be applicable to, uh, what's his face, Leventus. But one who uses, one who uh, exercises jurisdiction, jurisdiction is power to control, the controlling power. If one uses controlling power outside of his, his granted authority, he's to be uh, not obeyed with impunity. That means as soon as someone is determined to be outside of someone's jurisdiction, I'm not listening to you. It's like if the dog catcher was going to try to write a statute. Get out of here, bro. It, this ain't your wheelhouse. This is not where you're at. We ain't catching dogs. We're writing legislation. Here, I'm exercising my right of conscience, and you're coming against me with statutory provision. The statute came from the legislature. The legislature came from the Constitution. The Constitution reserves my rights outside of the general powers of government. So if the Constitution creates the government, if we create the Constitution and the Constitution creates the government, the government includes the legislature who then writes a statute, how can what the legislature writes as a derivative uh, entity control the governing and creating power? That doesn't make sense. I can't make laws for God. So Congress can't make laws for me. You'll find that whenever you are under the jurisdiction of the Constitution, you have sworn to it. Okay? Maxim of law. A judicial act by a judge without jurisdiction is void. This is telling the judge straight up, you don't have jurisdiction and that order you made was not judicial and void. But a ministerial act, if he's just acting as a, as a guy stamping a piece of paper, going through processes, going through procedures, from whomsoever proceeding may be ratified. So this means that if it was a lawfully constituted court, right? This is why when you grant the presumption of commerce, you've actually agreed that the court is lawfully constituted. By challenging the jurisdiction, you're attacking the power that has, that has been put over you. You're disputing it. You're telling it, get out of here. You can't control me because my rights have to be tried in a court of record. You didn't try my rights in a court of record. You presumed my rights are subjugated to your commercial statute. You can't do that. So, um, anyway, Affiant claims that Affiant demands you answer where any constitution grants statutory provisions jurisdiction over inherent rights. Please take notice, Black's Law Dictionary, 4th uh, edition, defines law of the land as everything that is that passes under the form of an enactment is not the law of the land. Uh, which is, I mean, that's just a freaking definition. Uh, so when the Tennessee Constitution 
guarantees your ability to not be deceived of your freehold or your liberty unless it's the law of the land. The law of the land literally means, uh, or it includes everything that passes under the form of an enactment, which comes from the legislature, is not the law of the land. Well, what are they being prosecuted by? They're being prosecuted by a statute that comes from where? Congress. What was it? Be it enacted. So the enactment of Congress that's about interstate commerce does what? It goes directly against your right here in Tennessee to not be uh, prosecuted by the law of land. Now, it says here, but by the judgment of his peers. Now, we could jump into this because there's people that would say, well, he had a trial by jury. These people had a trial by jury. Right, but if the trial, if the if the court was constituted by an authority that is statutory, so like they wrote legislation and the legislation is the authority that is used to attack your rights, that authority is insufficient. You can't use legislative enactment to attack secured rights. It, you, you can't do it. You literally can't do it. It's unlawful, just pfft, unlawful. Please take notice, Black's Law Dictionary defines court of record, a judicial tribunal, having attributes and exercising functions independently of the person of the magistrate designated generally to hold it and proceeding in course to the common law to the... Common law, it's acts and proceedings enrolled for perpetual memorial. So we're defining what court of record is. And then we define common law as distinguished from the law created by enactments of legislatures. So the common law does not include laws from the enactments of legislatures. A court of record has to be by the course of the common law. If you want to learn more of this and like actually understand it uh, and not just say it, this is where you go to my teacher, Dave Jose, at Real Dave Cares For You on X and you take his webinars and he lays out all of this and you will see in peace and in the comfort of, of uh, privacy where you will be able to show all this stuff. What I wanted to do here was just show what people, what these people right here, right here, can do deliberately against this. Now, I want to throw one last tidbit in there and this uh, stream will be yours. On this affidavit, whenever this says this, Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization, this right here, and it says this right here, these words right here are from Brett Kavanaugh. The reason why that is important, right? These are from Brett Kavanaugh. The reason why that's important and so he, we, this is what we quoted. It's on page uh, 125. Brett Kavanaugh wrote those words. The reason why that's important is if we go to, uh, now my internet's being stupid. If we go to Google, let's say, and we say what uh, United States Supreme Court circuit assignments. And we go down to, we find Tennessee right here in the orange, Brett Kavanaugh. Folks, let me, let me jihad this. When we blow this up and we point it over Tennessee and we say this circuit, who's in charge of this circuit right here? Come on, where'd that picture go? No, not Clarence Thomas, this, this picture, Brett Kavanaugh. Brett Kavanaugh is the Supreme Court Justice overseeing the, what's this, the Sixth Court, Sixth Circuit? Yeah, Sixth Circuit, Brett Kavanaugh. This means he oversees Kentucky, Michigan, Ohio, Tennessee. So if you are in Tennessee, right, Brett Kavanaugh is the circuit, he is the Supreme Court justice that oversees the circuit court that is in Tennessee. By you putting in an affidavit telling this, uh, this judge that this is what the Constitution says regarding abortion, you are literally using the circuit court justice's own words 
to tell everybody what the law is regarding abortion. And when you say the same thing in the law, that listen, uh, you swear to what? The Constitution does not confer a right to abortion? That's what the Supreme Court already said. Justice Kavanaugh has literally said that. I mean, like you got to understand like, the human dynamic here. When you would send this, you would make sure that Brett Kavanaugh receives this. And when your affidavit includes Brett Kavanaugh's own words on the exact issue, what do you think he's going to do? <laughs> what do you think Brett Kavanaugh is going to do? A guy who doesn't like abortion, who wrote so much in the, uh, you know, what's it called? Where, where is it at? The guy wrote that there's, uh, uh, but a right to abortion is not deeply rooted in American history tradition. The dude who wrote that, the guy who wrote those words, when he reads these words, uh, he's, uh, excuse me, um, these words, he already agrees with you. The law agrees with you because you're declaring the law. The, the, the wisdom, and this is where God's going to get this glory. Jesus Christ, Lord of, you know, Jesus Christ with all power in heaven and on earth, want his church to proclaim the truth about the gospel unto salvation. He also wants us to teach the nation to obey all his commands. If Jesus tell, gave us the command, don't murder, right? He says, you have heard it written, thou shalt not murder. But I tell you that whoever looks at his neighbor with anger without a cause, right? Jesus doesn't want you to murder. So if Jesus doesn't want you to murder, and Jesus tells us in the Great Commission for us, his, his, his sheep, his church, the church of Christ, to teach the nations to obey, how do we teach the nations to obey but by declaring the law against murder? which is what you were doing. And you declaring the law against murder is what the U.S. Constitution actually says because the U.S. Constitution does not include the text of abortion. What does the U.S. Constitution, what does the federal government do? The federal government presumes abortion is commercial and so that's how they regulate murder. That has never been argued directly to any judge. And that's because either A, attorneys don't know it, B, they don't want to argue your rights because that kills cases, because it breaks jurisdiction as we've laid out here before, but it also attacks the demonic activity of abortion. You are literally going right at abortion by not calling it abortion, but by calling it murder, which is what you should be doing anyway if you love Jesus. If you follow Jesus Christ, if you believe the Bible, if you are baptized in his name and in his church, you should be calling abortion murder because it's murder. You should not be calling it abortion. Calling it an abortion presumes a medical service, which is commercial. And by presuming it as commercial, you're actually facilitating the government's regulatory powers to permit it, to regulate it. So repent. Repent of the lawlessness and the sin of calling murder abortion. That's what this is. And that is the simplicity of the Bible. The simplicity of God's word is that um, the Bible means what it says. And the way that you know what it means is that 
the Bible will tell you because the Holy Spirit is indwelt with you. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 8 through 11. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, you don't know what the Bible says. When you know what the Bible says, it's very simple. This is not a hard issue. The difficulty is that if your knowledge has been built on lies, if things have been omitted and not given to you, uh, Jesus says in Luke eleven fifty two, 52, woe unto you lawyers, for you have hidden the key of knowledge. Jesus is the key of knowledge. When Jesus is the key of knowledge, if these uh, Pharisees and scribes and, and lawyers, these experts in the law, when they hide the knowledge, they're preventing you from entering in the kingdom of heaven, which is the salvation, which is righteousness, which is good governance, which is wisdom. And so there are people in America who have been convicted of crimes, who will go to jail, who will pay a lot of money because they paid attorneys. And the attorneys did not argue their rights. I guarantee it. Their attorneys did not make this argument. Their attorneys did not allow them to argue their rights. Their attorneys argued statutes or state annotated or case law or rules and procedures of the court. This is why you are going to go to jail. I don't want you to go to jail. I want you to um, you know, live and, and be free and enjoy the abundance and the grace of God. I also understand that this is where God's going to get the glory. This issue right here, right? The reason why it made big national news is because it shows the federal government going against Christians that are faithfully following what the Bible says. And if you are faithfully following what the Bible says, why are you going to use Satan's defense when you are doing what God says? God told you to do that. Your duty is to declare the law. If the law is murder is unlawful and you can't do it, your conscience, right? First Peter chapter 3, verse 21 says that baptism is the answer of, a, of a, a good conscience to the Lord. The reason why you get baptized in Jesus' name is because that is what you are obligated to do when you uh, believe the gospel, you obey the gospel. That's, that's, what, that's where your salvation is. So when you are preaching against the, the murder of babies... Don't call it abortion. It's murder. Because you're not actually participating in commerce. You're not prohibiting commerce. You're declaring the law and the government is regulating unlawful activity. That's what's happening. But no one's ever made that argument. No one's ever made that argument because it's too simple. It's too simple. It's plain. There's, there's nothing brilliant about it. It's just they're killing babies in there. That's unlawful. Why are you guys letting them kill babies? But when you grant your foundation to the sand, when the storm comes, you get destroyed. See, when you were uh, protesting, no, you're not protesting. See, I, I even do it. When you were declaring the law because your conscience obligated you to, you were telling the truth about the wickedness going on. And as soon as the wickedness attacked you, you gave your trust to wickedness. Now, I'm not saying, like my father, who died one year ago tomorrow, February 1, 2023, my father passed into the Lord and he is in heaven. He was an attorney. Attorneys are not taught the law. They're taught a system. The system gives its authority to statute, statutory provision, to court rules, to case law, to, to arbitrariness. What this is specifically states this is what the law is. This is what I'm doing. This is what the Supreme Court has already declared, which is not an opinion. The Supreme Court does nothing except for repeat 
what the people said when they wrote the Constitution. That's what they do. They repeat what the Constitution says, which is why we only use a Constitution. Why are we going to use statute or court rules or case law or anything else? When we could just quote the Constitution and say right here, you guys can't do this. I'm telling you guys can't do this. And now you're going to presume that I'm inhibiting commercial activity? Government, you guys are regulating murder. You guys need to know the law. And I will say this and I'll shut up. This is an issue that Christians should completely dominate. This is an issue where uh, Jesus Christ will get the glory. I would love, 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 love for these brothers and sisters in the Lord to be um, given their freedom and their liberty. But I'll say this. I would love more if Christians actually understood the law and stood on it. Because telling people that they can't do something is part of it. Knowing why they can't do it and asserting it in the law is the other part. We have to understand how to use our power, how to use our rights in the law to make wicked government obey. Wicked government is not obeying. They are attacking us and they are calling it a victory. They're attacking us and they're calling it a victory for the rule of law. That's wicked. That's evil. And by God's grace, Lord willing, this day, January 31, 2024, is the day that Christians will understand the law on abortion, stand, uh, not abortion, on murder. See, I just did it. See, see how easy that is? Even a guy that's precise in the language will give his words away to the way the world thinks. It's that easy. It's not abortion, it's murder. And by declaring it murder, by making it about murder and making your, um, your activities the exercise of your guaranteed rights, you're forcing people to come against you according to the law. And the law does not permit what they're doing. So they've got a, they've got a, a dual head, they got a dilemma. Because if they come at you, they got to come at you lawfully. At which point you get to tell everybody, you get to tell the jury in Tennessee, these people are butchering babies. They're butchering babies. It's unlawful. And you can show them in the law where it's written, not just your opinion. You can show them where it's written. So that's the first thing. But the second thing is, if they attack you unrighteously, they are guilty. They are breaking the law. And that's what this does. This tells the judge, the guy attacking uh, the defendants, the guy prosecuting the defendants, is using powers he can't use against people he can attack. So anyway, uh, please pray. Uh, this is near and dear to my heart. Um, if people want to get in touch with me, uh, my DMs are open. My channels are open. I converse with people all the time about stuff. Um, this was nothing more than us assembling, exercising our right to assemble, to consult for the common good. And all we did was uh, figure out what the law says on this issue which is completely well within our rights. And if anyone in this matter uh, wants to speak to me, um, I'm willing to do stuff because you can tighten up that document at the very end to make it uh, very powerful. And then there's ways that, you know, as more people follow, and, and my, my prayer, my prayer is the more Christians that recognize this is a flashpoint, will be in prayer first and foremost. Pray unto the Lord. We wait on the Lord. This, this is why, and I'll just say this, writing this and giving it to someone is not the push button get remedy. The remedy is you're going to say what the law says, you're going to show them where it is, and you're going to swear to it. So you are going to be faithfully following the law, 
telling people what the what the law is. You're going to be doing it because you are in the kingdom. You are in Christ. So you are motivated to do righteousness. Now, because you've proved all things and you're willing to stand in courage uh, against wickedness, now it's up to God. Literally, God is, is the one who's going to bend that judge. God is going to be the one that pricks Kavanaugh's heart. Because if you use Kavanaugh's words and, and we when we pray and God is pricking that guy's heart, Kavanaugh can take that directly up to him and stop everything. He can stop everything and rule on that matter right there. And the Supreme Court that has never called abortion murder has never had murder argued and commercial presumptions as abortion as, as medical services. That's never been argued. It's never been brought before the Supreme Court. So this is where Christians, you know, pray up. This is where you need to solicit the Almighty and say, God, hear this matter. Millions of babies have been killed by this. Mill you know, millions of people think that they can just murder their baby whenever they want. And it's never been argued in the law with this precision, ever. It's never been done. Here you have the opportunity for Christians to not only get their liberty back because they won't be going to jail because it's unlawful, but you could also have this particular issue raised up to a position where the law is declared and everyone knows the issue. That's my prayer. That's my prayer. This is for you. This stream is for you. Please share the content far and wide. Uh, and if you are involved with these folks, um, I'm, I'm ready, willing, and able to help in any way, uh, regard that the dear Lord wants me to do. I don't take money. I don't want the fame. I don't want none of this. Every, all the glory goes to God. I will, however, not share that glory with anybody, which means that if people call and they're like, well, my attorney says if we could do this, uh -uh, I'm done. I'm not part of that. Not part of that. Attorneys are going to get paid. Attorneys are going to argue stupid case law. Attorneys are going to argue something that your law, that the law doesn't support and your rights don't uh, defend. So there's that issue in the law, but there's the most important issue, which is God is jealous for his glory. And the viciousness, the wickedness, the demonic nature of butchering babies in the womb is going to be given and the glory is going to go to God and him alone. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, participate or yoke with anybody that would that would dilute it to where they could claim some type of credit or claim some type of brilliant argument. The argument's not brilliant. The argument is plain. They're murdering babies. The law says you can't murder, period. It is simple. It's not hard. So that is my, those are my terms and conditions. The stream is for you. God bless you. Uh, Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow. Um, until then, my name is Jaron Jackson. I do love America. Do not quit. Go to war.